Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm also co-editor of PW Comics World, as well as the graphic novels review editor for Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes. And on social media, we're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. And on Twitter, at pwcomicsworld. This week on More to Come, Amazon and Comixology, Kickstarter and Comics, Eisner and Hugo nominations, and a quick look at recent PW Comics coverage. And then the news brief. So let's get right to it. Amazon and Comixology. Now, so much has happened since last year's <laughs> Amixology. Oh, the end of comics as we know it? Hopefully. Yeah, that's it. Well, no. <laughs> I no, mean, hopefully. and by that, I mean broader distribution, more and more distribution for digital comics, uh, you know, as, as the, essentially the premier digital comics um, uh, marketplace and platform teams up with the dominant comics retailing platform for everything else. Um, I, I obviously it seems to me more comics are going to reach more people. Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing <laughs> consumers are trained to do, it's buy things on Amazon. So uh, you know, <laughs> yes. I, I, I can't but see this as an increase for mm. digital comics. But you know, at the same time, there's a lot of concerns because Amazon is not a soft, cuddly kitten. It is no. a big 800 pound gorilla, or possibly 900 pound gorilla, no. and or a sneaky gorilla I'd that'll say, stab you when you're not looking. Yes, a sneaky, <laughs> stabby gorilla. Yes, yes. That's Amazon, definitely. Yeah. and in a way, <laughs> sorry, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> Amazon and Comics Allegi had been counterweights in the comic industry where you sort of felt that neither of them had a monopoly because the other 800-pound gorilla was sitting over there. Mm-hmm. But now there's only one 800-pound gorilla, so that should be interesting. Well, I think Comics Allegi <laughs> was more like a 400-pound gorilla. Perhaps they were on a seesaw, so Comics Allegi was even seated so. as a counterbalance so that the 800... Anyway, but yeah, I mean, I wrote uh, on the beat, I did a little analysis because Amazon buys lots and lots of companies. It does. And yes. I they don't look, always live. No, they don't. Some of them mm. are completely subsumed in the mm. fashion of a male anglerfish into the yes. mother. But then ship. others are not. But others are but not. That's right. You know, Zappos, I mean, I, Zappos is the one that's usually mentioned. Right, right. And then, you know, I, I mean, well, very strong analog would be Audible, yeah. which started out as the comicsology of audiobooks. Mm. And now it is Audible, an Amazon company, but it still has kind of its own identity, except that uh, it is also plugged into Amazon's commenting and um, its, uh, um, you know, its rating systems. And it's, if you like this, you'll like that. So it has a lot of Amazons. You know, the one thing that's great on Amazon is discoverability. And so um, it is, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's a bunch of questions floating around this. I mean, one of the things that I'm very uh, interested in, and, I, and it's something that uh, came out in our comics retail survey, was, was the demographic that is being attracted um, to comicsology, young women. Uh, we've talked about this on this before. Yes, but I, I, yeah. You and know. also just the ability of bringing new people. I mean, we're already hearing that print realtors are saying that digital comics are bringing a new breed of customers Absolutely. into the store. We're clearly finding out that it's women. I think, com- I mean, Amazon. It's also good for teenagers because uh, yeah. they don't need to get mom to drive them to the store. Absolutely. I, I'm interested in how the their these two platforms are going to be inter- integrated and how they're going to present it. Are Amazon Comics going to be presented on Comixology and vice versa? 
we're, we, we'll have to wait and see. We obviously interviewed uh, David Stern, Sternberger and, um, oh God, I've forgotten the guy's name, the head Dave of... Dave Nagar. Dave Nagar, yes. Nagar, yeah. uh, David Nagar oh, oh. At, at, um, at Amazon. They you know, they didn't have any answers. Uh, yeah, says, we talked to them a minute yeah. after this uh, was announced, uh, and, and, and neither of them... You yeah, know. They, oh. they weren't willing to go into what was going to happen, but oh, clearly right, this is an issue how these things are going to be presented. What's going to yeah. really be interesting is to see where Comixology Submit goes. Yeah, That is a... I mean, that, I think, for self-published comics has enormous potential um yeah they've got to deal with i mean when i interviewed david about this uh probably about a year ago i mean they were overwhelmed both with submissions uh and with the quality of the files that were being submitted for comiXology submit um as well as their own internal need to kind of review stuff they were thinking of going to a three i think they were they were having switching to a three-person um, panel to give thumbs up, thumbs down yeah. to decide well, but, on what was going to go also, forth. Also, the Comixology Submit comes up because Amazon's independent publishing deal, or you know, self-publishing deal, is not always as good as Comixology's. Will Comixology's Submit deal remain as good as it is now for creators? Well, that's, that's exactly good. it. 50-50, yeah. Yeah, because right now with Comixology Submit, it's 50-50. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think there's a chance in hell that Submit will go away. No, no it won't go no. away. Because but Amazon but will is, it... is, but will it be, uh, you know, changed to Amazon? Because Amazon charges you a fee, an upload mm-hmm. fee. Yeah. And for comics, this could be a very oh, sizable yeah. That would be charge. bad. Yeah. No, yeah. that, yeah. So, you know, you just wonder whether they'll just let Comixology do its thing, figuring don't mess with a good thing. Or whether they'll impose their regular policies that work better for textbook, text and print books than they do for graphic novels. I think they'll be cautious. Yeah. I think they'll be I think, cautious. I think in a year's time we'll have more answers yeah. to these questions. Well, yes, but, I think but we'll that's obviously a pretty. Yeah. I, but I, I predict that in a year's time we'll still see a fairly independent comic. I think so too. However, I think so I too. think where the real battle line for this is Amazon versus Apple. Because Comixology, as a, you know, mm, uh, goes point. through Apple and sells comics through its Apple app because yeah. they are willing to give up thirty percent mm-hmm. of the price to Apple, which Amazon is not willing to do. So Amazon and its Kindle app does not you cannot buy things directly through its no, apps. No. Right. Okay. It, it tells no. you to go to their site. You get a web app. link. Yes. You can uh, get you, a web app that mm-hmm. Because that. Amazon does not want to yeah. pay thirty percent yes. to Apple. So basically they just yeah, they link you, you hop in through Safari on your right. device. Exactly. You exactly. buy what you want and then you come in and exactly. download right. it. Right. But there's right. no there's no link in the app to the Safari app. And you you can either create one. At one point they sent out a little notice mm-hmm. saying you can download, but obviously anybody can yeah. you can create it. I, I mean in some ways but yeah. if we had been sitting here even five years ago saying, Do you think one of the big five tech companies will oh, you know own a co- digital comics company? We would have thought that was the greatest thing that could possibly happen. But I think right now I, I, I think ultimately this is going to become a bigger football between between these five companies. I think that I think that Comixology, its greatest strength is that it did put digital comics on the map for yes. Apple and for Amazon mm-hmm. and for everybody. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I think part of what makes Comixology good and makes it better than a lot of similar apps started by people who are primarily technology people is that Comixology was run by people who understood comics visually very well and comics culture very yes. well. Yes, absolutely. And so I'm hoping that... Um, they will so, be yeah. left to do their thing and that we're not going to have like what happens when Yahoo comp- acquires a company like say uh, Delicious and then lets <laughs> it go on its own for a while and right. then goes 
oh, hey, we don't really understand it. We're just going to sell it to some doofus over there. Or alternately, just lets it sort of like AOL Instant Messenger kind of circle mm-hmm. the drain. Circle the drain. And yeah. Yeah, I don't or think that's like going to happen. I think that yeah. I think that one of the things that they're prizing here from Comicsology is just as what you're saying. They know comics. They've shown that they know to, right. know comics. They've shown that they know how to deliver digital comics in a form that fans yeah. will accept. Well, I mean, I, I think I think that's their goal. But will they be able to keep their hands out of the cookie jar? Is the question. Yeah. Yes, I, I think I, they I, will. Right. <laughs> and, I think uh, they will. But certainly, we'll find yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, we'll certainly find out. And you know, you have to give props to Comicsology here. And you know, yeah. first off, they are uh, you know very open company. They're, great. They're really uh, great. Mm-hmm. They you know we've all talked to them many many times and. Uh, you know, a really awesome path from startup to acquisition. Absolutely. No, no I mean, no, they no deserve one the success. blames them what? at all. It's, it's because they're so good that people are worried. Right. Because- one other thing that I think is going to be very key going forward, also for Comixology, is of course that Amazon is a powerful print-on-demand yes. Uh, yes. unit. So we're seeing the ability to couple uh, uh, the Comixology digital platform to a print platform as well although, to deliver yes. print although, versions of mini comics although we'll one see. thing that worries me is that amazon has gotten into squabbles with comics publishers in the past will they hold vice versa will they either hold access to amazon for print hostage if they don't want to go to comiXology or will they hold access to comiXology hostage if they don't want to sell their stuff physically to amazon at the rate amazon wants Oh, that's a good point. Could could be the could be the case. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. But it's something to consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, you know, I mean we haven't even talked about the retail uh aspect of this. Um so, you know, Comics Pro, the retailers organization, released kind of a little uh, maybe defensive statement about yeah. the whole thing. When saying, aren't they defensive? Yeah. Well no, I no, I don't remember the often, exact wording I would of the say Comics Pro often statement. Not defensive, but this one I, I'm a big mm. support I, I think Comics Pro has really been on the you know yeah. leading edge of a lot of great stuff. But um you know this time they seemed a little scared. They seemed a little spooked yeah. I'd say I don't and, you know I don't remember the exact wording oh, of the Oh they said language. something like real comics, you know, like right. calling well, print comics real comics and, in in light of our admittedly small sample of retailers that we talk to in our comics retailer survey, the comics retailers do not seem to be spooked very much by digital comics anymore. Well, that is true. But at the other hand, what, you know, Calvin, you've covered this a lot more uh, than I have. So, I mean, what of Amazon's reputation for oh, well, being the book Amazon, straw, just bookstore destroyer. A- a- Amazon's reputation Galactus. among bookstores is as uh, is a holy terror. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say this: that among independent bookstores, I think we're finally starting to see, um, if uh, I'll call it a, a an embrace of reality. Mm-hmm. You can say as many bad things as you want about Amazon; they're not going away. Mm-hmm. Um, Independent bookstores overwhelmingly are finding, they are finding, and we, this a lot of this came back in our comics retailer survey also, that independent retailers are in a different game. Mm-hmm. Uh, as retailers told us or told Shannon, uh, you know, if somebody wants to compete with me on price, they got it. Mm-hmm. I can't. What they what? But can they com- compete with us on our customer relations, on the atmosphere that we create in our stores, on our service? Uh, on the, on the ability to create a community in our partic- particular retail space, that's what we're competing on, and it's a different scale. And in many cases, independent bookstores for sure um, 
are actually doing much better. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. They have, they have survived. I, I have this statement from Comics Pro here. I'll just read it. There's always a concern when a huge corporation that shows little need to turn a profit tries to convert a niche market into a commodity. Fortunately, there is a tactile element to comics that no deep discounting web entity will ever be able to replicate. So as long as there continues to be fans for the real thing, there will be comics and comic book stores. So well, I, I, the I, I, real yeah. I, I don't have a problem with that I statement. don't have a problem yeah, with it either, but it that. is definitely a little bit more... It's a little more, defensive there, you know. Yeah, a little bit more defensive than I mean, than I think normal. what... Uh, and I think what one t- retailer said in our survey was that, you know, w- right now, uh, we're at a happy medium. You mm-hmm. know, people want they print comics and they want they digital comics yeah. too. <laughs> and you know, uh, I think Peter... Actually, I've seen in New York Times, um, and, well, the New York Magazine, there's been a bunch of recent stories that mm-hmm. we're talking about what you just mentioned, the resurgence of indie bookstores and you know what i would like to see is comic book shops kind of join up with yes. indie bookstores yes because guess what they are indie they're book independent stores. bookstores yeah. absolutely they're independent Ab- specialty they're... stores and and they're yes. probably the most successful one outside absolutely. of maybe religion i don't know how many religion bookstores there are in the united states but it, um, it's a yeah i don't know either actually i don't know how many there are so we should look into that um, my neighborhood has just gotten a comic book store that's well it's it's a a record store that also carries comic yeah. books for well you know reason. I've seen plenty of comic book stores but I've never seen a religion bookstore but then I live in New York so I, I've seen many <laughs> religion bookstores there, there they, are I've, yeah there, there are some they, in New York they're, yeah. they're easy to mistake for health food stores oddly because they have very <laughs> similar signs yeah and actually you know there are also quite a few uh, um, how would, what would you call them um uh, <laughs> new, uh, you know, new, new age, age, new age. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, there are yeah, a number yeah. of new age bookstores which include a variety of religious, yeah, 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 titles yeah. And, yeah that's and, true. That, and that, that, that's, that is like, definitely yeah. true. But no, um, no, there, there are no shortage of Christian bookstores in the world. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. yes, yes, yes I, that's I, I good know point. that. But anyway, I mean, it would be interesting to find out what the number is. Yeah, because, yeah, absolutely. Because these are the two kinds of surviving indie bookstores. But your point is well taken. Comic shops are especially indie bookstores, and they face many of the same issues. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I know Comicsology. There was a Comicsology panel at WonderCon last week, and uh, which Chip Mosier and David Steinberger were on, and they were basically like, "We can't say anything." So, uh, you know, <laughs> welcome we, to uh, Amazon. We are just sitting here, uh, you know, putting on our thinking caps. And uh, one thing, if anybody wants to bet me ten dollars, I would say that within a month or two, we will be sitting here talking about some announcement of comicsology that you know will shake the industry to its core so you know we'll be talking about this again oh yes (laughs) oh yes all right all right so um kickstarter in the news not not a big deal but an interesting wrinkle um in uh in how it um what is that how how it breaks out its categories right 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 well they they or they've uh, added a whole bunch of categories for um for Kind all of the, subcategories. All the oh, yeah, they've added a whole bunch of subcategories for all the main categories, which are things like dance and film and journal mm-hmm. and journalism, or, or excuse me, publishing and so on. And so they added a few to uh, comics, including. Wasn't uh, there like nonfiction? That, and, no, there's no? not. Nope, there's anthologies, comic books, events, graphic novels, and web comics. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, uh, okay. and you don't have to go. You don't have to be in one but you can if you want to be discover- more a little more discoverable yeah. or you know maybe less discoverable but um, well it would be nice to have ways to make it easier to find comics because yes. as it is previously on Kickstarter you just sort of had to wade to the entire comics category right right that's search true. of yeah. things that would be interesting yes. to you yes 
Um, uh, so yeah, not this, very helpful. No, and this is a first, uh, first move towards that. So, um, and but only a few people. Like, there's over three thousand. When I saw this come in, it prompted me to look at Kickstarter stats because, like, like many, uh, you know, tech digital era companies, they love to have a a running total. Uh, there's almost four thousand comics projects on Comicsology, and out of these categories, there's only a handful that are in each. But that mm-hmm. is apparently because people—it's an opt-in at this point, right? So people didn't necessarily want to want to do that. Um, you know, while I was in there poking around, I, I did look, and uh, we have talked about this in the past. But uh, comics remain one of the most successfully funded categories on Kickstarter. And I, mm. it's a pretty much the same. I think last time we talked about mm. it was 46%. Uh, I yeah. think. And now it's 49.64, which statistically 49%? So, so <laughs> literally yeah, 50% of comics campaigns yes. are successful. Well, yes. I think, really amazing. I think it's because, one, um, comics, unlike other projects, have a very clear goal. Mm-hmm. Yes. And people mm. know how to get there. You draw the comic, mm. you publish the comic. Mm. Right. Um, and also, I think comics people, for all we laugh at them for not being great businessmen, at least have generally better ideas and more realistic goals for how much money they need and why than somebody who's designing something that's never been made before. Yeah. Right. So it's much easier for... It's great points, Kate. For, and points. the audience knows that. So They're it's known much as easier. project managers. Yep, they right. are. That's what you do. But I mean, I think we're also talking about something we we you know touch on here all the time which is and the previous story about uh comics comics amazon is part of that just how comics are part of the subculture uh that's very vital right now in other words like cartoonists aren't they're they're, they're very much a vital part of what is happening in this tech sure. space and mm-hmm. and the reason we brought yeah. it up was because of uh spike trotman and her latest kickstarter yes yeah. um well spike trotman also known for her independent comic, Templar Arizona, Templar Arizona, which is horrible because I have I own every yeah. graphic and novel also of it, but her um, book uh, Poor Poor yeah. Craft, Poor Craft, Poor Craft, and, Craft which um, is also a Kickstarter, yes, which is a, a Kickstarter funded book. Um, basically, she's done about four or five. Yeah, she's right. She's running a anthology of Smut Peddler. Ta- yes, the Smut second, Peddler. It's Smut Peddler two. Eight, yes, of I think it's tasteful of of tasteful erotic uh, graphic fiction. It's smut and well, entitled Smut Peddler. And so, in 2012, Smut Peddler One made eighty three thousand dollars in a month, which at that time was great. But in 2014, yeah. she made eighty thousand dollars in five days, yeah. with the rest of the month to yeah. go. To go, so. Yeah, well, let's talk about those forty uh, percent of uh, or fifty yeah. well, percent of one thing um, that she brought up in an interview was that it can be very hard to find smut peddler in your comic shop, mm-hmm. and so people who were interested, you know, their usual method of getting comics might not work for smut peddler, so therefore they would be more likely to immediately purchase it through Kickstarter. Right, right. So, uh, but you know, I mean, Spike is a perfect example of what I was just talking about again. You know, she's very savvy. She's a complete, you know, business mm-hmm. person. She's a great marketer. She Big has, online presence. She's, yeah, very sophisticated, she's a, she's savvy a, online. She's a cartoonpreneur, cartoonapreneur. However, Absolutely. you know, she I, uh, is a great cartoonist, and she knows how to Absolutely. put it out there. She's multifaceted. I was on a panel with her at Comic-Con, I don't know, probably three years, four years ago, uh, that, that crazy panel that Keith Knight does. And it really actually turned into a Kickstarter panel mm-hmm. at that time. And even then... 
I mean, she just had a whole. She oh, had yeah. the whole thing mapped oh, out. Oh yeah, I had what you do, how to do it. Yeah, I had. I, I was also on a very early crowdfunding panel with Spike, and um, you know, but this is when every month we're like, when is it? You know, when is the gonna die off? When are people not gonna want crowdfunding? Yeah. And she says, you know, they've been saying that since the first month, and it's two years later, and they're not. And that it's was when I was dying. like, you know what? You're right. It's here to stay. You know, <laughs> it's like that New Order song. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh, Kickstarter continues to uh, uh, just uh, to to um, to transform these, these the stats. publishing landscape. Yeah, but just to point this out again, it's like kicks, uh, comics are the second lowest category in terms of number of projects on Kickstarter, but the fourth highest in terms of funding. Uh, and interestingly, the lowest is uh, dance, which is the highest funded. So there's only, so they have only 1,800 projects, but 70% are funded. So uh, and then comes theater, music, and comics. Hmm. So uh, interesting. Uh, and the lowest funded is um, film, and then publishing is the second lowest. So, <laughs> oops. <clears throat> well, there you go. Well, <clears throat> well, it, it, it's interesting that, that comics seem to have build a special place on Kickstarter. Yeah, it um, is. It is. Uh, and there's more to come on that, yeah, I'm sure. Easily. So. Well, right. anyway, also more to come. Uh, there was a big week in awards. Yes. And the Eisner nominations were announced and uh, you could see them. There's a story Calvin wrote on uh, on pwcom slash comics so you can see all the nominees there. Um, but it was a big year for uh, Matt Fraction. It was a big year for Image. They were the number one uh, publisher. No. No. Uh, Fantagraphics was. Fantagraphics at 18. Um, image had seventeen. I thought go. there were some shared ones that that so there are you, there are some shared ones. About shared ones. <laughs> there are some shared ones, but yeah. But okay, it, aren't we seeing the further? Yeah, you could argue it either way. Yeah, so. yeah. Either I, way, it's a great. But year. either yeah, way, like yes. only one way from the are, top, even the worst way you count it. Aren't we seeing the further year. penetration of non big two comics? Well, I mean, being nominated and ultimately, hopefully, winning. Well, not only that. I mean, this um, has been going on for a few years. Yeah. I mean, to the point where the top nominations were Fantagraphics, Image, Fantagraphics at 18, Image at 17, Dark Horse at 12, and then DC at 8 and Marvel at 6. Yeah. But I'm even talking about, um, you know, people like No Brow and uh, yeah. the, well, New the, Paradigm, which had that wonderful comic, uh, African American version a, it's of. It's a really what, broad slate. It's this a very I, broad okay, but can I just great. mention a few things? Yeah. That um, New Paradigm, which had the Watson and Holmes. Um, um, yes, Calvin yeah. thing, a big was champion a, of that. And uh, I noms. really like it. Desert Island, uh, Candlewick, uh, mm-hmm. a tradition. Yeah. Traditional children's publisher, Kayama, obviously, Fanfare, Self-Made Hero. Yep. I mean, it's just... Chronicle. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, Fantagraphics, Drawn and Quarterly, these are great. They've won many Eisners and been nominated many times in the past. Right, but, it's, but to the see first-timers, yes, that's my point, is that it's it's, it's becoming open to just the best yeah, books. But I, I would also say that this Eisner not judge, you know, it all depends on who the judges are. It all depends on the makeup of the judging panel because, um, you know, judge different panels have very different tastes. Uh, and this panel, however, there has been a trend, and I would say, in recent judges panels to, instead of uh, making the blockbuster nomination, to reward as many things as possible. So there's only a few things that have uh, multiple nominations. I mean, there are a few, like, you know, Saga. I mean, I did mention Matt mm-hmm. Fraction. I know Hawkeye has a few, um, as does Sex Criminals. Um, there is a, definitely a tendency not to say uh, nominate the best 
uh, okay, I, I think that there's there were a couple categories that were, I don't say controversy, but had more comment. And one of them was the best graphic album new, mm-hmm. because you know even I sitting here looking at hundreds of graphic novels a year. Uh, there was three I'd never heard of in here. Okay, so I mean these were not the nominees were. Bluffed, yeah, that's true. I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, my I summers heard that with one. Buster. Did yeah. anybody read that one? Nope. No. Okay, Encyclopedia that's of Earlier. Campbell, yeah, I, yeah. Never I mean, heard of it. I have heard of that book, and it's amazing. Yeah, the old Encyclopedia. Yes, yeah, I, I want to read that. Greenberg, and that's a great yeah, book. Yeah, that's yeah, that's uh, good. good dog by Graham Chaffee. That is a book that I've actually championed. So mm-hmm. I was really happy to see that. Um, would I have put it in the? I mean, it's great to see. That's yeah. a book. It's great. I'll just excuse you. Homesick by Jason Walt. Yeah. Never heard of no, it. I don't uh, even, I've never heard of Tintin yeah, Press. I've never heard of Tintin Press. Uh, I just got a copy of it, a digital copy if you want to read it. so I'd love to. Uh, please, I'd love to see it. Well, well, I think it's that if you have a dedicated, even if tiny, fan base that is willing to put your name out there, that, it, you know, something small can show up on the radar. Well, I'll them. tell you something. War Brothers? Uh, War Brothers by Sharon McKay uh, from Anna Press. Anna Press. Never, never heard of it. Never and then of... The Property by Ruchi Modan. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, we've talked about yeah. it a billion yeah. times here, and that's been nominated for many, many awards. And, you know, I, I, I mean, so to me, it's like, you know, I look at this and I'm like, you know, I think with the property, I mean, I've talked about it. That was, you know, my graphic novel of the year last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but that is the only nomination for Rutu. Uh, she's not nominated mm-hmm. as a cartoonist or what, uh, you know, uh, best anything yeah. else, which I, I, again, I understand. But I mean, this list specifically goes out of its way not to say because you did the best this you get the best that you know well i mean i think i think I hand think, it hand them out to as many as possible yeah, I, 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 I think not, people are trying that, so. to get as many people as possible on the on the nomination yes, ballot absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, that as many so. I think it's great. cartoonists and as many comics have a chance of being recognized in some way right yeah, and you know great. i listen i haven't been calvin uh, calvin and i were both eisner judges in the last century so. <laughs> yes. wow. yeah it was so, about a century ago yeah, when I did so, it. I, so i mean i don't know how much has changed since then but i i mean i think you know your thing about the small fan bases i don't actually think that has anything to do with no. that i think it has because you really go in there like they like if these you, three publishers that or these two that we never heard of sent in copies of their books then the judges might see them for the first time and be very impressed by them and you know i'm not even saying uh i mean i'm not saying this is good or bad i'm just saying it is you know yeah. and uh they, you know there's other books that i would have liked to have seen nominated in here like so uh, publishers, the, be sure to send in copies of everything. Well, that's well, it, you know, and Marvel doesn't sell, send yeah. in anything. So I mean, what happens is you walk into a room that seems to have every comic book that was ever published. But it's really only like a third. Yeah, or but it isn't all. But and yeah. and whatever you haven't read, that's kind of what you spend. At least when I was there, we spend most of our time doing. Right. At least the first. Yes day or so yeah is reading is just reading comic creators send in your comics that is true that is true um the other category that had a little bit of controversy was best lettering where the nominees were darwin cook for richard starks parker carla speed mcneil for uh bad houses and finder terry moore for rachel rising and pisker for hip-hop family tree and Britt wilson for adventure time with fiona and cake um i think what was kind of odd about this is that you know i mean i'll be I thought Bad Houses was a really underrated book. I mean, I would love to have seen it. It was a great book. It was a great book that that got... The writing did not strike me. Yeah, really? I mean, not the writing. I mean, the... The lettering. lettering. Right, right, right. I mean, like, I've seen some books that have amazing lettering that, like, jumps out at you. And I gotta say... 
Bad houses had many things that jumped out at me, and the lettering was not <laughs> right. one. Well, Carla's a great cartoonist. Yes. She's an amazing you know? cartoonist. So, and then somebody pointed out that all these people who do this still use hand lettering, so maybe that's what this is all about. But, you know, I think Darwin <laughs> Cook, that was the only nomination for Parker. So, you know, this kind of seemed to be a consolation prize yeah. for maybe the fact that you are oh, great. Yeah, so, like, you, you know, do your own lettering. We, for, we couldn't give you anything else. Well, Here, have a lettering nom. You know, I, I think if, uh, you know, Darwin Cook and Carla Speed McNeil would be on anybody's short Absolutely. list of great cartoonists. So, um, you know, they're great letters. But I, I, the, traditionally, this category is either won by Chris Ware or Todd Klein. So I think they just wanted to me- yeah. mess it up a little bit. So, yeah. But anyway, you know, every every year you can go on and on. And, I mean, there have been some years, like a couple years ago, it was the absence of Jaime Hernandez and his acclaimed love bungler story on here. The year yeah. before, it was the presence of a Justice League story that many had found unpalatable. So It was not a high point in Justice League no, history. No, it wasn't as good as any of these graphic novels that I haven't read. It so, wasn't even as good as most Justice League comics. Yes. So anyway, there's always... There you go. Uh, I would say if these are the things that uh, we're most upset about this year, it was a pretty good year. Yeah, I, I, I personally love it when... Yeah, it was a strong year. You know, you, you're getting unexpected people turning up yeah, on prizes. absolutely. I think that's a good, a good sign of the diversification of this medium. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's we're doing very well. Yes. If there's a theme to this edition of More to Come, it's like things are going great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Except when they aren't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel you go. Like, I feel like 2014 is a a good year. Yeah. So or, far, we'll or, go for uh, it. Okay. But hey, Hugo Awards. Hugo Awards. Well. Uh, Hugo's have have had a a scandal-rocked year this year, but none of them have been about graphic novels yet. Um, The nominees have just come out for the Hugo Awards, and so have their nominees for Best Graphic Story. And Girl Genius has returned. I suppose they they feel they've surrendered the field long enough. The Hugo champ. Yes. Uh, Returning three-time winner, Girl Genius... Uh, with Girl Genius 13, Agatha Heterodyne and the Sleeping City from Phil and Kaja Foglio. Um, the Girl Who Loved Doctor Who from Paul Cornell. Incidentally, the Hugo Slate has been very big on Doctor Who this year. Um, almost all of the Best Dramatic Presentation uh, noms have been for Doctor Who episodes. Yes. Um, the Meat House Man by uh, George R.R. R. Martin and Raya Golden. Saga Volume 2, so Saga is the returning winner, mm-hmm. and Time by Randall Monroe from XKCD. Um, and so, frankly, I'm rating, I'm, I'm rooting for uh, XKCD, I know, we me shall too. see. Yeah. I was a little me surprised, too. you know, that that didn't get an Eisner nom, because uh, it's absolutely one of the most amazing comics of all time, because it's like... The Eisners it's, don't pay enough attention to webcomics. Yeah, they really don't, and, um, you know, that was, I mean, the nominees this year are great, there's a lot they're of wonderful great yeah. comics, but, but they're they, not you know, webcomic but, but Time, Time was Ace, something. I don't even read XKCD regularly, but this is like, a, 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 can you describe Everyone it? was talking about it. Yeah. It's... It's this sort of impressionistic thing where you have to to slide the page to see the next part. And so you're sort of you can only really move it at the pace that like the character would be walking along and so it's a big giant it's JPEG just, like yeah. a giant million pixels wide. JPEG yeah. like the I, size I, I of a room. I actually haven't seen this, so I, I need to And so you're sort of exploring yeah. this world he created down to the teeniest little pixely detail like frame by frame as you sort of hmm. ex- explore through the sort of free form graphic story yeah huh. it's okay. it's 
really quite something. And I think he spent months on it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's a great comic experiment and one that succeeded uh-huh. and really deserves some recognition. Yeah, yeah, I All agree. Right. So All it's right. nice to see the Hugos recognize Good. it. Well, and, I need uh, to get my... You know, I mean, maybe if they can pry it out of Phil Folio's hands. So we'll see, you know. I mean, yeah. I like I like Phil Folio as well, so... I, I like him, but... May the best man or woman win. And I am curious that the Meat House comic... Uh, isn't that published by Jet City Comics? Yes. It is. Okay. That's an Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just curious. Yeah, but you know, wasn't that a Dabble Brothers comic? I'm sure it was yeah. a Dabble Brothers exactly. comic that they, so, you know, yeah. you know, I mean, when, when Amazon, we talked about this before, but when Amazon publishes its own comics, it definitely yeah. went to the, uh, you know, odd lots of comics yeah. to pick up their line. Well, although you know, well, actually, you know, their their real Ar- first original release, I guess, was Wool, yeah. the adaptation of Hugh Howey's uh, yeah. self-published I, I don't science think fiction that, novel. I guess I have the um, the uh, differing opinion here that I don't think their choices were odd at all. They picked things that were highly t- tied into popular literary properties. Right. No, you're I right. Agree. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? I agree. Books that I actually agree. they sell yeah. a lot of, including yeah. Wool. Yeah. And Which is self-published through KDP. Yeah, yeah. and um, George R. R. Martin comics sell extremely well, mm-hmm. like many Dabble Brother mm-hmm. productions. And so it does not surprise me no. that they but I'm also, swooped it up. No, I'm not a surprised either, but I'm also just saying, like, they definitely did it, uh, you know, very thriftily. Okay? Like, <laughs> it wasn't like Amazon's here. They, they did it very, very smartly and very thriftily. for the. They got the biggest bang for their buck. And yeah. you know what? That's why they're Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Where are we at now? Um, uh, you know, we wanted to spotlight a couple of yes. stories that have been in yes. the print PW. And yes. uh, some of them are behind the paywall, so you can't read them. So we'll just tantalize you with hints of them. Uh, because we're mean like that. Yeah. That's true. But really, I think there's only one that's behind the paywall right now, and that's your story. Yes. Well. Library. How to throw a Comic-Con at your library. Yes. Uh, and we'll remind you again in three weeks. But for now, I talked to a bunch of librarians, uh, retailer, uh, creators. I talked to the, tried to get the whole spectrum in there about the phenomenon of library Comic-Cons. And I, I wasn't able to get a number uh, for them, but uh, I can see that there's dozens, and some of them draw thousands of people. Yes. So, um, you know, TCAF is a set in a library coming up in a couple of weeks, and that draws like 15,000 people. But, um, you know, the little con in the Chesterfield Library in, in Multnomah, Virginia, drew like 2,000 people and free and with a costume contest and really no big name creators so i mean these are really amazing grassroots events that uh well, yeah have... even the new york public library threw one on bryant park last year um and uh, maybe they'll do it again this year yeah, i didn't even know about that. yeah i know i was gonna say really <laughs> yes they, they threw a, a mini one day comic con aimed at children ah uh, in bryant park just like with almost no notice people just found out about it and yeah. they're like it's this week that's cool go wow and then I didn't even went. know about that. Well, there you go. See, there are yeah. more than. Let's but, see. but let's just say librarians love comics, and comics love librarians, and the two of them really go and and, and yes. uh, it's a good mix. It's a very good mix, and I have a lot of good tips yes. on how I can mention Chesterfield County Public Library. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the um, the Clearwater Public Library. And the kids can read in, and, and uh, kids in Ann Arbor, right. mm-hmm. Michigan, yeah. um, among others. I talked to all of them and. Uh, you know, I mean, it just runs the gamut. I mean, there was also that crazy story about the guy who wanted to get a big green Hulk statue for yes. his library, and it yes. happened. So somebody yes. 
thanks to magic of the internet, somebody happened to have yes. a giant green yeah. health statue they didn't even want anymore. Exactly. So, uh, and he says, I, I think it was nice that I, uh, this is in the online version, not the print version, but I did follow up with him and he says it's become a real gathering point at the library. People come, they love to see the statue. Um, and he says that circulation for the graphic novel collection is way up since they got the Hulk statue. So that is as bizarre as it sounds. It was a win-win for everybody. Yes, sounds great. Uh, okay, and now our other coverage. What do we got here? Um, we have a Q&A between myself and Max Brooks. Max Brooks of, of the Zombie Survival Guide and World War Z has turned his attention uh, from fighting zombies um, to fighting racism. Or actually, the story of the uh, legendary 369th Infantry, Inf- Infantry Regiment Based in Harlem, New York. Not nearly as legendary as they deserve to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Better known as the Harlem Hellfighters. Uh, actually, the prob- if I'm not mistaken, the most decorated uh, American unit in World War One spent more time under under fire and combat than any other. Um, I thought it was World War Two. World War, no, World War I. One. No, it's World War One. It's World War One. That they fought vicious racism at home um, and abroad um, uh, among their fellow American soldiers. Uh, they got the respect of the Germans who gave them the name Harlem Hellfighters. Uh, they never lost a man in a... Tr- well, they lost... They had casualties, but one of the things um, the book says is that uh, kidnapping uh, opposition soldiers in the trenches was a big... Wow. Tab- yeah. Uh, they, they didn't lose a single man uh, to, to kidnapping, uh, and they endured uh, incredible hardship uh, to triumph. Right. Well, um and there's a nice graphic novel about it, which has already been optioned for a movie. Yes. And so hopefully yes. that between all of these things, they will get a, a little bit more uh, of the attention they deserve. That they deserve. And there should have been a movie years ago, yeah. but it looks like something's going to happen. Um, going down the list. Uh, now, I have been actually having seen this online, but I actually edited, helped uh, Lynn Garrett, the religion editor, edit a little bit. G. Willow Wilson has a Q&A on the site about... Oh. About Ms. Marvel. Right. Yeah, right. and a little Which bit about her career. we talked about here many, many times, yeah. Yeah, so so that's actually in another section, probably in the religion section. And I have to say, it's, it's currently on issue three, and it's still good. i got to catch up, but uh, I like it. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, and uh, let's see, one more uh, uh, story. Two more. Two, two more. more. Uh, Summer Blues. Marika, well, that's the name, that's our headline. But it's really a look at, um, uh, at the two cousins, Mariko and Jillian uh, Tamaki, and their new graphic novel, um, this this one summer, uh, their first book since their 2008 wonderful book, Skim, uh, and it kind of is a well, it is a comic of age, uh, no, uh, uh, graphic novel kind of set at a summer result, yeah. and I was all oh, you know it's sort of uh, keenly observed uh, the, of these young adolescents, Just but as much work by but it, as well as these adolescents observing the I sort of quasi adults around them. Yeah, and I mean, there are Jillian Tabaki's art is among. I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous, astounding. It is so amazingly uh, good. So, uh, it, one last great. other story is uh, Roz Chast. There's a profile oh, yes, of, yes, yes. of New Yorker cartoonist yes. Roz Chast who has her first graphic yes. novel. Uh, can't we talk about something more pleasant? Which I think we've talked about here before. Uh, to look at her aging parents and their decline and her own reaction to it. But uh, even though that sounds grim, it's very funny because Rochester is hilarious. So and not only that, there's a lot of dark humor to be found in 
aging parents and grandparents. <laughs> yes, there yes, is. There is. You can, uh, you know, we should really do, uh, you know, we've been doing these subgenre books. That could possibly be one just about, you know, graphic novels about aging parents. We could have or just about aging Ra- parents. Ra- Raj Chast uh, in there. We could have uh, Joyce Farmer's book. Uh, yes. We have uh, Carol Tyler's book. Yes, there uh, you go. There's apparently a Spanish graphic novel about old their parents. Uh, that's a bestseller that got turned into a movie. So maybe that's something to... Um, yes. <laughs> Uh, research. Both well, of my grandmothers in their 90s, and yes, they yeah. fuel quite a number of Well, humor then books. there you go. Perhaps Kate will <laughs> contribute to the genre at some point. Well, check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Some of these are actually in other sections. Certainly the Ross Chass is in the profile section. I'm going to see if I can tweak it a little bit and get it into the comics section as well. But um, lots of great looks at comics, great uh, interviews with comics people uh, uh, at Publishers Weekly. So check us out. Okay, and now for the briefs. Attack on Titan, the smash hit manga, has sold over hold now over thirty million copies total of all its volumes put together in Japan. And in order to celebrate the thirty million mark, Kadansha decided to celebrate their book about 200-foot-tall titans with a 200-foot-tall titan. Yes. Makes Pro- sense to me. It's the only way. <laughs> Makes Pro- sense projected to Projected in public at a shopping mall in Soai, Kawasaki, Japan. And, uh, you know, fans flock to see a giant 200-foot-tall life-size monster celebrating their favorite manga about monsters. You really have to hand it to them um, in marketing. It's a lot better than the time that Marvel decided to project a motion comic on the side of a building and it didn't even work. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember that. That was fun. <laughs> 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 yes. Um, also, speaking of Marvel, Marvel is uh, unveiling their new stunt stage show tour- to be touring the country starting this summer called Marvel Universe Live, a two-year, 85-show tour um, with seats costing from $45 to $150. This uh, spectacular will feature um, shield vehicles flipping over, skateboarders, (laughs) dirt bikers, Captain America's shield, and Loki. <laughs> okay. So you know if if this who could possibly resist? Good times. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And another marketing front, DC has just released solicitations two months early for three D cover reasons to their new big event, Futures End, um, which that month's comics will be set five years in the future, but. The interesting thing about these solicitations <laughs> is that none of them list any creative teams at all. You have to buy these comics on spec, hoping that the same creator team is still on Well, them. you know what? I, just to clarify that a little bit, the reason why they're doing it so early is because of the last time they didn't, and there was a huge no, outcry no, because no. of the technology needed. Yeah, Doing it early is not a bad yeah. idea because they need longer in order to figure out how many 3D colors covers to print. The thing that's interesting and that a lot of comic shops are complaining about is it really matters who's making a comic. Well, uh, A comic by Joe No Name is going to sell fewer than a comic by Mr. I Was Nominated for an Eisner. Right. I I, I think uh, last year weren't most of the villains issues kind of like by fill-in teams, though? 
Some of them were, some of them weren't. Right, so, so you don't know. Yeah, so it's a good old pig at a poke. Yeah. <laughs> so you're getting the impression that that poke might not, not have a lot of pig in it. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, well. Dan Dadir, I hope you're listening to that. Uh, There's a pig in your poke. I'm sure, I'm sure Dan's <laughs> always listening. <laughs> so work on that pig in that poke. Yeah. <laughs> there will most assuredly be more to come. And speaking of more to come, Tune in next week for our very special, special Captain America and S.H.I.E.L.D. special because my esteemed cohorts will finally watch them. Yes, yes. I will finally drag myself. I've watched it. Yeah. I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to go. I have it, but you know, I, I, I'm actually seeing Spider-Man 2 tomorrow night, uh, but I, after that, I will drag myself out to see Captain America 2. So, and I'll, I'll try to watch S.H.I.E.L.D. too if I don't feel sick. You must. You have to do I it. Know, I watch it, so I you know, have to I watch know, it too. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just so waiting for my beloved Almost Human to get renewed so I'll know whether it'll be back next year or so. You know, until it is, I, I can't watch TV. So, uh, yeah, so, but, but we'll t- be next week live uh, with our Captain America review. So, until that time, there's more to come.